Hi, Tiffy, it's me. Look, I'm really sorry, but I might be a bit late to watch you do your horse dressing. Uh, dressage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'd love to. It's just that I have to drive an ice cream van full of pilots to a scrapyard. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> oh, well, it's a long story. Oh, would you? Great. Well, it started when Skip, um, you remember Skip? Martin? One of my pilots? The captain? No, the other one. <laughs> well, they both have hats, but... <laughs> yeah, that's him. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Skip got offered this great job at Swiss Airways, but he explained to us he wasn't going to take it so MJN could stay together. Except then Mum explained to him that actually he was going to take it, and you can't expect a fairy tale ending, but that we'd all be fine, even me. Uh, oh, and that was when Skip gave me his van, and I bought some amazing brake pads and a thousand ice lollies and painted Goofy on it, and now I'm an ice cream man guy. <laughs> But that's not the main thing. The main thing is that then we had to sell Gertie. So we took her to auction, but no one would buy her except a scrap metal guy. Except then my dad, who used to own her, turned up and bid a quarter of a million pounds. Well, yeah, kind of great. Only I sort of maybe thought it would be a good idea if he didn't buy her, so I bid ten million pounds. <laughs> no, you're quite right, I don't. No, Mum spotted that as well. Yeah, but luckily, she persuaded the scrap metal guy to buy Gertie after all. Except then, Douglas came back from talking to Dad and said it was really important we buy her back again. So we're doing that now. Douglas is phoning the scrap metal guy, and then I'm going to drive him, Martin, and Teresa to rescue Gertie before Dad gets her. Uh, Teresa, uh, she's the Princess of Liechtenstein. Nope, still literally. <laughs> oh, well, that's a long story as well. You see, it began when Mum and Herc... Yeah, no, no, good point, Tiffy. <laughs> I've probably told you enough. <laughs> OK, he'll take 12,000 for cash. 12,000? He only... Speculate to accumulate, Carolyn. But we'll have to meet him at his airfield. When's Herc getting here? Half an hour. OK, then you wait for him here, Carolyn. We'll have to go in... Oh, no. In what? OK, guys, get in. Oh, the Nachtzera. The what? Oh, yeah, that's the monster that eats children from the old folk tale. <laughs> Why is it on your van? It's goofy. All right, come on, get in. Oh, uh, hang on, there's only room for three. Martin, you'll have to get in the back. I can't ride in the back. What? Because you're the captain. No, because I get travel sick if I can't see out. You ride in the back. I'm not riding in the back. I'm masterminding a plan. You could do that from the back. No, I can't. Yes, you can. I'll go in the back. Sounds fun. You're driving. driving. <laughs> you boys if I rode in the back. Uh, oh, well, I mean, if you, if you really don't mind. It's terribly good of you. <laughs> For sure. Okay, Arthur, first we need to go to my back. Douglas, wait, you, you really think Gertie's valuable? I'm sure of it. But how can she be? If there was anything hidden on her, we'd have found it long ago. Not necessarily. It might be really tiny. Diamonds, for instance. Yes, Teresa? But you said in St. Petersburg that time Gordon and his engineers had Gertie all to themselves for hours and hours. If it was something small, why didn't he take it then? Ah, actually hadn't thought of that. So it can't be anything small or he'd have taken it, and it can't be anything big or we'd have found it. What if it's something so big you can't see it? <laughs> like the Great Wall of China. <laughs> Great Wall of China. Yeah. You know, famously, the Great Wall of China is so big, you can only see it from space. No, Arthur. Uh, what you've done there, Arthur, is you've taken a fact that's famously wrong 
and you've got it wrong. All right. And yet, in doing so, you haven't made it right. Yellow, yellow car. car. <laughs> Impressive, even for you. You mean you can't see it from space? No, but you can see it from the ground. It's thousands of miles long. And why can't you see it from space? Because it's only a few feet wide. Huh? Look, it's very big along, but very small across, so... Arthur, there's the bank. Oh! oh. Sorry, Teresa. <laughs> you break, Patty. You all right? Yes, fine. Right, I'll be as quick as I can. Wait here. <sighs> oh, I know. Um, maybe the fuel tank is full of fine wines. <laughs> the fuel tank is full of fuel. Um. Oh, hello. This is your van, sir. Yeah, isn't it great? Um, is there a problem, officer? I hope not. But when three men in a van emergency break in front of a bank, <laughs> and one runs in while the others wait... Ah, yes. No, 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 I'm so sorry. And um, when the van has some sort of demon... It's not a demon, it's goofy! Oh, I see. Would you mind telling me what you've got in the back, sir? Oh, yeah, of course. Arthur? A thousand strawberry lollies and the Princess of Liechtenstein. <laughs> All right, everybody out. <laughs> Carolyn, hello. Where were you? You're late. I've been waiting ages. I am, in fact, ten minutes early. Well, nevertheless. No, not nevertheless. You're thinking of... Oh, of course, I do apologise, Herc. How silly of me. <laughs> I am never, ever thinking that. So I have discovered. Well, how did you get on? Uh, there were ups and downs. Did anyone bid on her? Oh, yes, very much so. In fact, I cannot offhand think of anyone who did not bid on her. <laughs> so, you sold her? Yes. Wonderful. And no. All right, here's an idea. Why don't you just tell me what happened? Teresa? Pick you up? From where? Why have they left you there? Well, why were you in the back? <laughs> Arthur, this is it. Turn in here. No, stop. Quickly. That I can do. <laughs> Martin, get out. What? Why? You were the one bidding against him. I don't want him remembering you. Oh, he barely saw my face. Out. <sighs> Sorry. Can't take the chance. Wow. Hmm. It's quite a sight, isn't it? Yeah. It's like an elephant's graveyard. Yes. Oh, we've aeroplanes. I don't like it. Why do none of them have wings? Where they're going, they don't need wings. <laughs> oh, I think that's him, the guy with the dogs. Uh, can I help you? What? What big dogs? Don't mind them. Are they friendly? No, just don't mind them. <laughs> who are you? I'm the guys who rang about buying the plane. Boy, which ones? Which ones? What do you mean? Well, I had two offers on it before I'd even landed the thing. There was a Porsche guy, somebody Richardson, offering me 12 grand, and then an Aussie, ten minutes later, offering me 14. Which are you? Oh, I'm just Arthur, but this is... Gordon Shappy. It's good to meet you. <laughs> this is my boy, Arthur. You'll have to excuse him. He's very shy. Doesn't talk much. Really? Seems like he talks a lot. No, it often takes him like that. He's all talkative when he first meets someone and then suddenly he clams up and he doesn't say a word. <laughs> Which means I have to do all the talking for him. It's a chore, but there you go. So, this plane then, you had a couple of us interested in it then? Yeah, 
I told you that on the phone. You did. You certainly did. And I'm just uh, repeating it now conversationally. Well, <laughs> just as well we got in second then. I've got the cash right here and... Uh... OK. Have you got any ID? Oh, uh, look at that. I left it in my hotel. Then off you go and get it. And she's all yours. Hmm, thing is, though, the hotel's a way away. The sooner you go, the sooner you'll be back. Right. It's all right, though, Dad. Arthur. Because I've got my ID. Arthur, code red. No, not code red. Listen, because if you're Gordon Shappy, and I'm your son, which I am, and... Oh, no, uh, uh, wait, um... What I'm trying to say <laughs> is this. I've got my driving licence right here, sport. Uh, there's my name on it. Uh, Arthur Gordon Shippy. And if I say that he's my dad, sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, there you go, then. That's my son's idea, and he vouches for me. That, do you? Yeah, fine. Uh, why is he talking like that, though? <laughs> like what? I don't know. I'm all weird. Now, look here, Bruce. <laughs> this is my accent, Bruce. And if you don't like it, you... I don't mind him. He likes to tease his old dad. Oh, I see. What? Definitely code red now. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we have the money in cash. Uh, if you. Yeah, were... well, obviously, I'm going to have to wait for this Richardson bloke to turn up. What? Well, he might make me a better offer. But he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're right here and. Uh... Yeah, well, it looks like he's here too. Uh, I, I know you said to wait, but Carolyn's just found Gordon's. That's right, Gordon. That's me. You remember my name. Hey? It is you, isn't it? Douglas Richardson. We've met once or twice before. My name, as you said, is Gordon Shappy. And I'm afraid, Douglas, that I outbid you on that LM312. Oh, uh, yeah, hi. And uh, Bruce Freezer. Oh, how rude of me, Bruce. This is Douglas Richardson. Douglas, this is Bruce. <laughs> Uh, right, yes. Well... To whom, of course, you have already spoken on the phone. <laughs> of course. <laughs> How terribly nice <laughs> to meet you. Yeah, sorry about this. This guy called ten minutes after you offered me 14 grand. Oh, how terribly disappointing. <laughs> Drat my luck. Oh, well, never mind. But, you know, if uh, you want to make me a better offer, I'm listening. Oh, well, let me think. No, I rather think not. I, Douglas Richardson, <laughs> have been bested yet again. <laughs> what a loser I am. Don't be too hard on yourself. No, really, I am. I'm an absolute... Anyway, I suppose... <laughs> We should get moving, just in case someone else turns up and tries to buy her. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> so, here we are, £12,000. Uh, no, 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 that's what he offered. You offered fourteen. Ah, yes, but, y you know, for cash... No, it's 14000 or this guy can have it. Right. Uh, Mr. Richardson, I don't suppose you could lend me $2,000. As your business rival, I think that would be a trifle eccentric of me, don't you? OK, then I'll just nip back into town and get the rest of the cash. I'd be surprised if you had time, though. Do you? 
Mr. Shabby? Then what do you suggest, Mr. Richardson? Oh, well, it's none of my business, obviously. But since you ask, I suppose you could always throw in your van. Your van? My van? No, your van. This one here. Ah, well, if you're sure... Nothing to do with me. Yeah, well, sorry, but there's no way that van's worth 2,000 quid. Nice goofy, though. Thank you. (laughs) Are you sure, though? Even to a parts and spares man, because those look to me like brand new, top of the range carbon fibre brake pads. <laughs> Bloody hell, they are. Why have you put those in an old banger like this? My son thought it would be an investment, and so, to be fair, it was. You're very quiet. I was taking in the plan. I am right in thinking it's entirely based on finding buried treasure. I'm not missing a subtlety. I I know how it sounds, but Douglas was very convincing. All right. Supposing he's right and there is a fortune on Gertie somewhere, what will you do with it? Well, restart MJN, of course. Of course. I'm sorry, Herc. But I really don't want to move to Zurich, and I can hardly ask you to move back to Britain. Why not? Why would you? And don't say because I love you. I won't say it, but I shall think it really quite loudly. Mark. Why do you hate me saying it so much? I don't hate it so much anymore, but... Well, you do say it easily, Herc. To each of your four previous wives, for instance, and Lord knows how many girlfriends. What's different this time? Well, for instance, the colour of your hair. My what? Your hair is white. It is. Would you care to guess how many of my four wives, and as you are right to imagine countless girlfriends, have had white hair? I'll give you a clue. It's none. A preponderance of brunettes, some blondes, the odd redhead, but you are absolutely the first whitehead. What a novel way you've chosen to end our relationship. (laughs) My point is that you are not remotely my type. And and you're right, you are not the first woman I've loved, but you are, to my complete surprise, and frankly at first dismay, the first woman I've ever fallen in love with. You know, like a teenager. It was on our second date, Rigoletto. It wasn't the look of pure rapture on your face, it was the look of bored contempt you assumed when you saw me looking. Oh, Herc. But I didn't decide to marry you until the day you flew to Ireland to buy me a stuffed sheep. (laughs) Just because you knew how much I would detest it. No one decides to marry me. I decide to marry them. Of course. And do you so decide? After takeoff checks complete. Thank you, Captain. Arthur, you can talk again. It was so amazing! Douglas, and then you were amazing, Skip. And then I was... You too, Arthur. Don't forget the thing with the ID. You were amazing. I know. I was just being modest. (laughs) And my Australian accent saved the day. You you, you didn't actually need to do the accent. And indeed, you didn't actually do the accent. It saved the day. Well, assuming that Douglas is right and Gertie is worth untold riches for some reason, which now I put it like that seems pretty unlikely. Ah, but if you just stop after assuming that Douglas is right, it sounds far more plausible. As soon as we land in Fitton, we'll search every inch of her. Oh, I'll start now. 
Don't worry, Skip. Douglas always saves us. Like remembering the brake pads. That was me. Well, yeah, but you were being Douglas. See ya. <laughs> That's true, actually, Martin. That was very quick thinking. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Absolutely. You were calm, decisive, resourceful. Yes, I suppose I was. It was easier somehow when I was, I was pretending to be you. Well, there's nothing to stop you doing that, you know? I don't have a copyright on this shtick. Well, I do in this flight deck, but I'm prepared to license it for use in other countries. Switzerland, for instance. Yes, but I can hardly spend the rest of my career pretending to be you. Well, technically, you'd be pretending to be Rory. Who's Rory? Old EOAC captain I flew with when I started out. That's where I got it from. You mean you've just been imitating Rory all this time? No, no, only the first couple of years. Then it just becomes part of who you are. That's why you have to pick your model carefully. You, of course, have picked terribly well. <laughs> Fit and approach. Yeah. Continue transmission. Guess who? Hey! Gertie! Back so from the vet. With a waggly tail and a cold, wet nose. Both those things are really bad for an aeroplane. Still, we work with what we're given. Hi, Douglas. Any luck? No. Whatever it is, it's definitely not in the cabin. Well. Oh, have you looked under the seats? Yes, Arthur. <laughs> what about the overhead lockers? I've looked everywhere I can think of, Arthur. Shall we just assume that includes everywhere you can think of? <laughs> right -o. Well, I've checked the hold, the undercarriage, the wiring channels, the avionics bay, the tanks, the engines, nothing. Well, it's got to be somewhere. <laughs> oh, uh, that'll be Mum and Herc. Hi, guys. Look, we got her back and... Oh! Hello, Arthur. Oh, right, Dad. Here. OK. Hi. I'll go and get the others. Uh, no, no, no. No need for that. No, no, of course not. Silly, stupid, sorry. Um, I tell you what, shall I just get them anyway? No. No, can't we just have a, a nice little chat, father and son? Well, I suppose we could. We just never have. No. <laughs> now, listen, Arthur... I just wanted to make sure you understood what your mum did for you. At the auction today? Yes, she stopped you from getting Gertie. Yeah, that's right. She turned down a quarter of a million pounds for your sake. Now, she's in debt, her business just folded, but she turned out all that money to please you. Do you really think that's fair? I, d I didn't I'd think... hate it if later on she started resenting you for it. Douglas says you've hidden something valuable on Gertie. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Now, now, listen, sir. Douglas is a cheap swindler, so he assumes everybody else is. Now, there's nothing hidden on her. She's not valuable. Not at all. You promise? Cross my heart and hope to die. Terrapins tickle, tickle me if I lie. lie. Yeah. <laughs> so you do want her just to get back at Mum? No, no, of course not. Look, I'll tell you the real reason. OK. It's her registration. Gertie. You see, that was my mother's name. Gertrude. Everyone called her Gertie. And when she died, I bought this plane in her memory. That's why I didn't want your mum to have her. She's all I've got left to my mum. So, what do you say, son? Can I have her back? Well, I suppose if it's really... Wait a minute... Your mum's name was Maud. Yeah, damn it, I forgot you'd met her. She was my gran! <laughs> Douglas! <laughs>
no, 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 don't do that. You said you weren't lying. You said terrapins tickle me. What is it, Arthur? Oh, uh, not you again. There's definitely something hidden on Gertie. No, 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 you don't know. Yes, I do. You said there wasn't and you were lying. And now Douglas is going to do something clever and find it. Yes, thank you for the build-up, Arthur. <laughs> but I'm not oh, sure. Oh, come on, Douglas, just find it. Did you hide something on the plane? No. Too fast. You did, didn't you? No, I'm not a smuggler. That's true. So why else might you hide something? What was going on back then? You were getting divorced, of course. Oh, or did you suspect you were going to get divorced? Because if you did, then suppose you could make your plane a lot more valuable than it looked. Then, come the divorce, you could let Carolyn take the house and the car, and indeed the sum, so long as you got the plane. Now, if I'd done that, even you clowns would have found it by now. Not if it was too small for us to find. Well, then I'd have taken it in St. Petersburg. Yes, so, it must be something that's somehow big and small at the same time. What's big and small at the same time? The Great Wall of China. Oh, finally, about time. Thank you, Arthur. Look, the wiring channels. The wiring channels? I told you, I searched them, there's nothing there. Yes, there is. There's the Great Wall of China. What are you talking about? Big and small at the same time. Very, very long, but very, very narrow. Just like these. Some wires? Not some wires, all the wires. Think of all the wiring on Gertie. Every instrument, every light, every generator, all connected from nose to tail, from wingtip to wingtip, with miles and miles of electrical wiring. But the wires have to be copper. No, they have to conduct electricity. And what conducts electricity even better than copper, but looks like this? Gold. Oh, spit. <laughs> Gordon, what's going on? Hi, Mum. Uh, Teresa, Dad dropped in. He's off now, probably. Oh, and you know you said we couldn't expect a fairy tale ending? Yes. It turns out Gertie's partly made of gold. <laughs> Is she indeed? Oh, hi, Carolyn. Yes. It turns out that just as Arthur kept his expensive brake pads wrapped up in a cheap van, his father kept his hoard of gold looped up and down a cheap aeroplane. But, Douglas, gold's much heavier than copper. Indeed. Yes. So, if you replaced all the copper with gold, surely the aircraft would become... Sluggish. True. Unresponsive. Doubtless. I mean, just generally very difficult to fly. Oh, my God! <laughs> all this time, I thought I was a lousy pilot. I was flying a notoriously hard plane to fly, which would be deliberately made harder to fly by... Being partly made of gold. And all this time, I was constantly at my wit's end how to avoid being bankrupted by a plane. That was partly made of gold. <laughs> Every time I brought you coffee... Yes? There was gold in the plane! <laughs> yes! Though I'm not sure I catch the irony. I thought we were just saying things we did in the plane. <laughs> all right, all right. Look, I'll, I'll give you a deal. Gordon, I've what? said it before and I expect never, ever to have to say it again. Get off our jet still. <laughs> Are you sure, Teresa? Of course. It's completely your decision. Well, the nice man at the brokerage has given me an estimate on the gold. And? I put it this way. There shall be buns for tea. <laughs> A really very large number of absolutely top quality buns. 
For instance, Martin, if you insist on hanging around here where you're not wanted, I find I am in a position to match your starting salary at Swiss Airways. Yes, or, I was thinking, now MJN is safe, you could use that to hire another captain. Oh, what an excellent decision, Martin. Are you going to Zurich then, Skip? I think so, Arthur. You understand, don't you? Of course I do. You're Mowgli. Who? <laughs> and you've got to go to the human village, which is Zurich. <laughs> with the girl with the water on her head, who's Teresa. Leaving behind Bagheera, who's Mom, and Baloo. No one is Baloo. <laughs> I wanted to be Baloo. Oh, fine, you're Baloo. Mm. I shall advertise for a new pilot in the morning. Well... Given our recent discussion, Carolyn, and assuming you haven't revised your opinion about stupid Zurich and its stupid clocks, I suppose I should be looking for a job in this country. But, Herc, I can't possibly match your salary, not even close. Nope, nope, but as discussed, I love you. <laughs> and will do anything to be with you, so you have me rather over a barrel there. Besides, you can't put a price on the fun I shall have being Douglas's captain. <laughs> Oh, God. Herc? Yes? I love you, Herc. But Douglas will be captain. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is First Officer Martin Kreef. And it is my very great pleasure, on behalf of Captain Loutre and myself... To welcome you aboard this short Swiss Airways flight from Lyon to Zurich. Bonsoir, mesdames et messieurs. Je suis le premier officier, Martin Ducreff. Okay, people who ought to have been arch enemies. Ah, Donna Summer and Anna Winter. Very good. Vivian Westwood and Clint Eastwood. Drivers, now look, Arthur made them, but he's busy in the galley. This does not count as me bringing you coffee. Thank you, Mrs. Ship. Don't you dare. Wayne Sleep and Rick Wakeman. Yes. What's this? Arch enemies. Oh, um, Ruby Wax and John Wayne. Excellent. <laughs> Naturally. Colombo Centre, good evening. This is Golf Tango India from OJS Air, joining you flight level 310, destination Addis Ababa. Roger, Golf Tango India, maintain 310, turn right heading 270. Oh, rats. What? Well, look. Flying due west at 7pm will have the sun in our eyes the whole way. I hate flying into the sunset. Oh, dear. Long trip, too. Tell you what, I know another game that's rather fun on passenger flights. What you do is get a piece of fruit or something from the... <laughs> then you take turns hiding... Yes, yes, I believe I know that one, actually. Shall we do that, then? That's past the time. Why not? Arthur? Yes, Skip? The lemon is in play.
That was Cabin Pressure by John Finnemore. It starred Stephanie Cole as Carolyn, Roger Allen as Douglas, Benedict Cumberbatch as Martin, and John Finnemore as Arthur. It also starred Anthony Head as Herc, Timothy West as Gordon Chappie, Matilda Ziegler as Princess Teresa, Jonathan Kidd as the auctioneer, Gordon Kennedy as Bruce, and Dan Tetzel as Rick and Carl. The show's aviation consultant was David Finnemore. The producer was David Tyler, and the program was a positive production for the BBC. Yeah!